the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for finding <laughs> We're in a funky mood, I'm telling y'all. We, we, we maybe should have played Funky Cold Medina at the open of the show. <laughs> I'm in a funky mood. But you know what? It's in part because it's been a long week as we are uh, counting down towards the weekend. We've got some really interesting news out of SCOTUS that we're going to get into tonight on tonight's show. I'm also in a in a fairly good mood. Um, because of some other uh, breaking news, thanks to a certain Democrat. So we got a lot to get into tonight. And glad to have you guys rolling along with us. Glad to have you here with me. I'm curious about your responses and what you think about the SCOTUS rulings. And uh, and I want you to keep this in mind, maybe. Maybe maybe is it too early to be asking for your nominees for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week? Because I'm thinking we've got some stink and we got some hero coming out of the Supreme Court uh, today, but whatever you want to weigh in on, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Also, feel free to email me. I'm starting to get a lot of emails from everybody. It's You can email me at K at com. Do give me your feedback, your questions there, uh, suggestions for topics or guests for the show, and anything you want to share with me. You know, I started doing the show years ago because I, you know, I had so many friends out there who just didn't feel like the regular people in media were really expressing how they were thinking and feeling and so i definitely want to hear from you in whatever way you want to share it and that includes we are streaming live right now on facebook on the answer san diego facebook page couple of great guests coming up for y'all tonight we got my buddy i reached out when i heard scotus came out with a ruling today i reached out to uh, someone that y'all know very well because he's all over everywhere from local media in california to fox news and beyond he is an attorney, constitutionalist. He ran for office against Kamala Harris for the Senate. He's on Fox News, written many books, and it's Tom DeBocaro. He's going to be here to give his perspective on SCOTUS, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then, y'all know I've been saying for a while, we got to get active. It's not enough that we sit around and complain. And when I hear that, and there's lots of different ways to get active, but when I heard recently that there were over 230 seats just in San Diego County from school boards, city councils and beyond, 230 races where we don't have a Republican running in opposition to the Democrats. If we're not active, either running for office or supporting those good MAGA candidates and America First candidates that are, then we don't have any right to be complaining, in my opinion. So I asked my friend Paula Witzel, who's the head of the San Diego County Republicans, um, to come on and share with you guys, if you've thought about running for office, what you need to know. And they actually have a little training uh, camp for you guys if you want to get that information for yourself or somebody else. And so she's gracious enough, in spite of her busy schedule, to come on tonight and uh, share with you guys everything that you need to know. So um, joining me tonight and every night of the week is my buddy, the one and only, it's DJ Potato Skins. Then the message said, DJ Potato Skins. Couldn't have said it any better, uh, installment, Biden. Uh, I agree with you. If you don't get involved, don't complain. And also, uh, I'm complaining because we don't have those Tom Del Picaro fishing boat picks <laughs> needed before he comes on the show. If you're listening, Tom, you got about five minutes before we come to you. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So by now, 
Y'all probably all heard about the SCOTUS rulings today. There were two, many cases have been filed across the country regarding these mandates. And uh, they, they got pared down into two areas that SCOTUS heard last week. One was regarding the Biden administration using OSHA, an agency within the government run by a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, deciding to, to seize control of 40% of our economy, a small businesses, any company that's got 100 or more employees to mandate shots or testing. They heard that. And then they heard the case of, of healthcare workers, which amounts to about 80 million workers in this country, um, as through um, the CMS and anybody, Medicaid and Medicare workers. So we had a split ruling today. And of course, many people focused on, as I did, I was glad to hear the good news that this OSHA mandate was shut down nationally. Although we want to make sure everybody understands. And this was 6-3, by the way. This was not this was not a 5-4. This was all but your three hardcore AOC. As you and um, I were talking about earlier, you haven't seen that kind of a ruling in a long time. No, not at least not on something that matters, right? Something that's significant and is helpful to us as a nation. So that tells you how bad this was for the Biden administration. Okay, when you got John Roberts coming out against it, <laughs> that's how bad this was on the part of the Biden administration. But it's not over. And no, it's not over. Um, the uh, the other one, the healthcare workers, they they upheld that. And who made that possible? John Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the liberals. I, and I don't understand. The, the argument is, well, they work for the federal government in one way, shape, or form. So the federal government's paying the salary. So the federal government has a right basically to deny them their constitutional right over their, their I don't understand what what should apply um, to OSHA should also apply to CMS the fact that and, and, and not not to mention the fact the argument they're using is and I got to run this by Tom Dell but the argument they're using is federal workers and federal health care workers have had mandates on their health before OSHA has not mandated um, health, they've never, they haven't gone beyond, you got to wear safety goggles kind of stuff. I'd like to run past Tom um, too. Like these aren't typical vaccines like right. that we've been had and mandated in the past. Right. Well, that's, OSHA has never mandated any kind of vaccine. Healthcare workers have. But my thing is, is if OSHA can't, an agency can't, do some broad, why would CMS? To me, they're both involving a workplace and either you've got the liberty as an individual to decide for yourself whether or not you get a shot. And, and one of the, and you, and you brought up, um, you brought up the efficacy. Exactly. That, that was where I think the attorneys against the mandates went wrong. They tried to focus strictly on the legalities of it. When you're dealing with people like Sotomayor and Breyer and even a Kavanaugh and a Roberts that are happy to have um, demagoguery going on in the courts at SCOTUS and lies being pushed out about what it, uh, this is the an unprecedented pandemic. This is an extreme danger. At what point? Why did we not hear from the at least and tell me if I'm wrong and maybe Tom Dell will correct me. I did not hear at any point the attorneys say, let's talk about the extreme danger that involves the most at risk have a 99.4% chance of recovery. The rest of us, a 99.9% chance of Never re- heard re- recovery. Didn't hear that. Those are the facts. The facts are that Walensky said herself over 75% of those who have died with vaccinations, by the way, had at least four comorbidities. This is not a pandemic 
where in which we all have an equal chance of getting it, an equal chance of dying from it. That's not true. It's also been proven that these are not vaccines. They are therapeutics. Otherwise, you wouldn't have needed a second shot, let alone a third or a fourth. And by the way, the definition of vaccinated is changing practically daily. So those arguments should have been made. What was discussed too much, in my opinion, was Congress. One of the points that they made in the majority was, although Congress has indisputably given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given the agency the power to regulate public health more broadly. Um, they went on to say um, that, uh, that another argument was made that they had not done um, shots in, in, in the past. Um, I, t- I, you know, um, when they're bringing up what Congress has allowed OSHA to do, we're here because at this point, why would the Biden administration use OSHA to try to, to try to do this, right? Because OSHA already has too much power, in my opinion. We should never have any agency having any kind of power nationally over businesses. The reason why we ha- we're here is because we've already centralized power over, over the marketplace and over large swaths of our nation. That should never have happened in the first place. We shouldn't be here now. So like I said earlier, on another show we were doing, doing today, the Pro-America Report, Andrea, that we should never have had to had the opportunity to bring it to the Supreme Court because we should have stopped this long ago. Well, we, and we're here because we've and, – and Tom Dell is an expert on talking about the expansion of government and bloated government. Um, you know, and, and look, how the, look how the Supreme Court today, supposedly a 6-3 majority conservative, two of them flipped and allowed tyranny to be opposed on, on health care workers. Right. These health these healthcare workers don't have a right to not die from an injection right now. VAERS is reporting over 22,000 deaths from these shots. And we know that VAERS, at best case, is reporting 5% of the cases. Do the math. We also know that the case count that is, is the death count has been inflated. We know that they were counting. In fact, a parent had, had called in at one point and said, my son died in a motorcycle accident and they listed it as a COVID death. Right. So we know the numbers have been inflated. Right. So um, we, we should not be here at this point. And those arguments shouldn't have been made. And the attorneys arguing on behalf of the workplace, um, I think they were naive to think that they were dealing with Supreme Court justices that actually were just there to apply the law. It's like, where have you been? That's not where we're at anymore in this country. Right. We're going to take a break. I think it's a good time to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Tom DeBacaro, get his perspective on this, on what happened today, because it's not over. A lot of people celebrating today are celebrating, and there's reason to feel good, but that doesn't mean there's reason to just completely think that we don't have to be concerned about these mandates going further. So stay tuned. Tom Dell is going to weigh in. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many better things you can call me. Right now I'm dynamite my LSU tiger. Long sleeve tea, okay? So y'all can call me a proud LSU alum. Also, never call you late for dinner. This is true, because you know, I'm never late for a meal. <laughs> I'm a southerner, especially if it involves fried chicken. Okay, um, 
Before the break, we were talking about the breaking news today from SCOTUS. And, and I, as I told y'all, as soon as I heard about this, I texted my, my buddy Tom Delbacaro here, attorney, a historian, expert on all things America and the Constitution. And even even the dude whose uh, who's other most famous moment was shredding Cackle Harris in debates. Um, and but for the crazy jungle primaries we've got here, he would have been been the senator. Um, but he's here to weigh in on uh, SCOTUS rulings today. Hey, Tom, thanks for being here. Hello. It looks like his cell phone dropped out. I'll call him right back. And what a good intro I gave him, too. But while we're, while we're um, getting a hold of Tom, one of the things I failed to say is I was talking about Congress earlier, and there was all this discussion about Congress didn't give OSHA the power to do this. And there was a lot of conservatives today that were saying, yeah, you know, like I heard Jenna Ellis, who was a, who was an attorney for Trump. I heard her saying, you know what? This is an opportunity. Yeah, Congress didn't legislate this. And this is an opportunity for the Republicans who are probably going to sweep the House going into 2022. This is an opportunity uh, for the Republicans to come up with some great legislation. The only legislation I want to see from the Republican Party is making it illegal for businesses to to demand that somebody get a shot. I don't want to hear, you know, about how. Um, we need to shift the power to mandate from OSHA or from the Supreme Court to Congress. I'm not interested in that. I think we've got my buddy now. I think he might have been avoiding us demanding picks from his supposed days on, on the fishing boats. Tom DeBacaro, thank you for being here, my dear. Hey, love. How are you? Well, uh, I'm good. So let's jump right to it. Yes. Um, one of these decisions was correct. The other was not. I feel like Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. There, of course, are two constitutions in American history, the one before 1936, which was limited, and the activist uh, constitution after 1936, when FDR bullied the Supreme Court into allowing the federal government expansive powers. Mm-hmm. Now, what we saw today was a 6-3 decision that wisely says that Congress has not given OSHA the authority to, ma- to regulate in this manner. Mm-hmm. Now, what's important for people to understand here, of course, is this is a decision about OSHA doing it as opposed to Congress. If Congress had passed the law and the Senate passed it and Biden signed it, that would have resulted the Supreme Court wouldn't be where it was today. But what the Supreme Court said in this decision is very clearly and correctly, administrative agencies, OSHA, are creatures of statute. They possess only the authority that Congress has provided. And in very simple terms, did not write a law that says OSHA could regulate mandate manner. So okay. it is a logical and correct decision six to three. And then buddies Kavanaugh and Roberts completely abandoned logic said that that, that Tom, we're having a little right. trouble. Your phone keeps coming, go, fading in and out. 
Um, I don't know if you're in a bad area or if you need to hold it a little bit closer, but I think what you said was, so they said that, you know, these agencies uh, are are restricted to to their statutes and whatever powers are specifically given to them. um, And then they abandoned that very same um, logic logic with the medical. When they they got to the healthcare workers and 10 million people and the incredibly, and it was Alito's dissent that said it best, he said <laughs> the, the government had such a hard time making the case that this was authorized by Congress that they didn't even make it until their reply brief to the appeal. So, what, you know, they get to do the opening brief and then the opposition does the middle brief. And then they get a reply brief. And Lito says they barely came up with this until the end. And it was Roberts, who is mm-hmm. not conservative in my view. Kavanaugh, who I know you don't like. But, I, you know, how do you sign on in the same period, day to a decision that says six to three that it's a creature of statute? Congress didn't grant them the authority. And then go in the next decision and and have to search through and imply that authority because there are a number of regulations that Congress um, or authorities that Congress gave, but none clearly. And so unfortunately today you see what is wrong with our Supreme Court. You have three very liberal, I call them social justices, who no matter what, will give power to government, and you have what is emerging to be one, uh, two swing votes in the middle uh, with and, and, well, Kavanaugh. Let's, right, and Roberts. Let's talk about why. We're talking to Tom DeBacar about SCOTUS. Yeah, this I'm flashing back to Roberts saying um, when they were willing to hear the case of Obamacare to make it ripe, um, it wasn't a tax. And then in order to give uh, to uphold Obamacare, then John Roberts had to say that it was a tax, Right. Uh, you know, I, which, by the way, even if he did say that, it still should have been struck down, right? Because taxes can only come from a specific committee in Congress, right? Or it has to start in the House; it can't start in the Senate, and it didn't. So we should have struck it down anyway, but he didn't, right? And and it's you know, and and I don't know if it would have been better. I don't know if, any, if the outcome would have been different had the those arguing. Um, on behalf of the the healthcare workers as well as the the businesses to get into some of the efficacy, some of the science here, they seem to avoid it. You know, Sotomayor didn't didn't um, she didn't avoid it. In fact, she lied that talking about a hundred thousand kids in the hospital on ventilators. Breyer lying and saying seven hundred fifty million new cases. Where was anybody saying? How can you be mandating that people get shots that aren't stopping anybody from getting it and spreading it? How is it not discriminatory, Tom Del Beccaro, when you can have one half of employees? who are covid negative and haven't ha- and, and haven't had the shot but they're healthy they're not allowed um, to, to show up to work but we've got hospitals all over this country right where healthcare workers who are sick and covid positive uh, um, because they've gotten the shot are showing up to work right i'm not sure i'm explaining that very well but these yeah, you are so there's two levels uh, of this type of appeal that you're describing the, the one, the, the levels that were adjudicated today was simply rested on 
does the authority exist to to make such a mandate? Apparently, it doesn't exist with respect to all of the private sector. Apparently, it does exist because the a lot of these medical and this is the problem with big government. The re- the majority says that it occurs with regard to medical, basically because these agencies, these medical institutions are getting money from Medicare and Medicare there can dictate to you what you have to do if you want the money. Yeah. So it's power. And that's one of the things we've only got a couple minutes left. That's one of the things that I was my takeaway today was that and I even in, in, in the intro, which I wasn't sure if you heard why I wanted you on, because to me, the only reason why this was heard by SCOTUS today is because our government is already bloated. Why did the Biden administration think they had a chance to get this through with OSHA? And they did with CMS because these agencies have already are too big, already centralized with too much centralized power over us in the United States of America. And they had and they had a shot, actually, that um, they and clearly they had a shot of getting them both through. Um, because they got one through. and but, it, so, but the reason why he put it on OSHA is because the, Nancy Pelosi told him, do not make us vote for this. You do it through OSHA. Because a majority of the House Democrats would have voted for it, but they didn't want to face the voters. So they said, okay, do this through a regulatory agency and look how and see how it works. And they admitted early on it was right. questionable and it did get this far. Now the question is, well, today Biden says, what does SCOTUS know? It, this, it's up to the states now to do the right thing. And of course, he's been washing his hands at the federal level mm-hmm. because it's a failed policy. But you asked an interesting question. Where is the science? In all of this, and I, I don't think Sotomayor was actually lying. I just, you know, because George Costanza in that Seinfeld episode said, you know, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. And- <laughs> so she's an idiot. Okay. I'm old enough to remember when the SCOTUS justices were supposed to be the smartest people in the room. And when I was a kid reading transcripts or hearing uh, oral arguments, I couldn't understand anybody from either side. Now I understand stupidity when I hear it. And it was clearly on display on the part of these justices. Speaking of legislation in Congress, I'm hearing people like Jenna Ellis going, look, co- Congress didn't give OSHA the authority. Here we've got an opportunity for the Republicans to start crafting legislation they can push through. I don't want the Republican Party, Tom DeBocaro, pushing through if they take control of the House and the Senate legislation around mandates unless it's to make them illegal. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the federal government overreach in a regulatory body is insane. This is why de Tocqueville talked about why even though the, the, the monarch of France was powerful, the English government was more powerful because of the bureaucracy, the danger of the bureaucracy. And the American government's bureaucracy and the 25 probably million were up to uh, people working in government as why half the economy is, is government. Too much spending related to that is why we have inflation. This is a snowball going down the wrong hill. Mm-hmm. And Republicans need to say enough's enough. The government's already too big. Don't add any more, but start 
stripping it of these powers. Absolutely. And one of the things I've got coming up after you, I've got the head of the San Diego County Republicans to come on because I've been telling people, look, it's not enough to sit and complain anymore about what's going on in D.C. A lot of what's happening now, particularly since if it's going back to the local level, we heard St. Louis, uh, uh, not St. Louis, uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis and St. Paul announced today they're going to do these mandates at, at uh, you, you know, restaurants. You're not going to be able to get into a restaurant inside. That's happening in D.C. and New York. So we see California still with their crazy mandates coming on. It's it, the, the Now it's going to be at the local level. And we have to do our job, whether it's about these mandates or whether it's about restricting powers um, at, at our government at whatever level. It's time for us to get involved. Tom DeBacaro, you ran for office, and you know what? It was a grind, and it was terrible, and it's tough, and it's not an easy, fun thing to do, particularly in the middle of cancel culture. But we have 230 seats in in, uh, San Diego County, Tom, that have Democrats running with no Republican uh, running in in opposition. So we've got to get active at the local level of our government, don't we? 100%. And and that's where people get experience. So I'm with you. Give Paula my best. I will. So thank you for calling in. I appreciate you. And yeah, coming up, we've got Paula to be here. She's going to tell you how um, you can get involved if you want to run for office, if you know somebody you think should run for office. Um, what's, what's available and also how to learn how to do it because there are people out there that will help you figure it out and we've all got to do it. If, if, and if we don't run, we've got to support those that are willing to do it. If it, and, and it's, and instead pack your bags and get out of California. If you're going to stay here, get active and do something to help turn things around. Stay tuned. Strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, you know, I, y'all know, you longtime Andrea K. Show listeners, Y'all know that I'm into biting. I'm not into barking, right? I mean, I, I, you know, it's 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 fine and dandy to raise, you know, concerns and talk about, uh, you know, what what the issues are of the day. But at some point, you got to stop gnawbone and you got to get out there and actually do something about the problem, right? And not just sit back and expect everybody else to do it for you. And that means that you know we we don't have enough people to even conservatives even voting every time there's election, let alone getting active and running for office. And recently, I discovered and found out that we have in San Diego County alone. Everybody's bad-mouthing, you know, California, these conservatives. They don't like what's going on. But did y'all know that we have, I think, over 230 seats, offices in San Diego County, that have Democrats running with no Republican opposition? And we're talking about school districts, city councils, mayor offices all over this county. And we have got to get active. So I asked Paula Witzel, who's the head of the San Diego County Republicans, to do me a favor. Come on the show tonight. Tell you guys about it. And most importantly, if you're interested in running on what you need to know and how you can learn about having to do it. And she joins me now. Hello, Paula Witzel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. And you know what? You're one of these people that, you know, you you put your money where your mouth is. You know, you're a businesswoman. You don't just sit around all day long, you know, you know, working on behalf of the Republican Party. Right. This is this is your own volunteer efforts for what you're doing. And you can't do it alone. We all have to help you. Right. That's right. Yeah, I do have a day job, so this is not uh, 100% of my time, but I do feel that it's something 
that I needed to do to give back to my community. Because like you said, we can't sit on the couch and complain unless we actually step up and get in the game and do something about it. So um, this is what I'm doing to give back to my community and to uh, get the word out um, and, um, you know, get Republican policies and, and, and people in, in the offices so that we can change this, not only the, the state, but the county. We need to make sure that uh, the county is uh, doing what it's supposed to do, because I think we all saw during the pandemic that these local offices have a tremendous impact on our daily lives more than we ever thought. I mean, who would have ever thought that a parks and recreation person could actually impact our daily lives? But when they locked us out of our parks, now we see with these little offices, they do mean something. And so we all need to step up, get off the couch, stop barking at Mm -hmm. the TV, like you said, and get involved because there's lots of offices out there that we need candidates to run for. Yeah, that's absolutely true about, you know, discovering. I mean, so many times, first of all, we don't have enough voter turnout. But when people do go and vote, it's typically just, you know, for the presidential election. Half the time, people don't even come out for the midterms. Then when they do, they only vote for whoever's running for Congress. Most of the people have no idea who a county supervisor is versus city council. We're just not even educated enough about all these offices that affect, that have more of an effect on our lives every day than even our leadership and you know and y'all know I'm an equal opportunity criticizer y'all know I've got issues with Mitch McConnell but the real issues going on affecting your lives day to day is happening in your local communities particularly uh, here for those of us in in San Diego County I'm looking at this list that you guys can find San Diego Republicans.org and it's um, I'm shocked I'm embarrassed from my fellow Republicans, Paula Witzel, when I see City Council District 3, District 4 in Encinitas, Escondido, La Mesa Mayor, Lemon Grove City Council, National City, uh, uh, City Council and Mayor, um, City of San Diego, like three or four district offices. Um, it's, you know, education, uh, 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 water districts, school boards, school boards yeah. everywhere. Um, how should somebody, if they're thinking about um, we want them to go to this list, but if they're thinking for to run for office, t- t- walk people through the steps of what they need to do. Well, we have a an leadership institute coming in from Washington, D.C. They're going to be here uh, January 21, 22, and 23, and they're going to be offering to the community the what they call the Campaign Academy. And this Campaign Academy will walk anyone who either is want to be, uh, wants to be a candidate, wants to help a candidate, wants to just find out what the whole process is about, wants to volunteer, uh, we'll teach them the nuts and bolts from the beginning, how to run a campaign, how to get involved, how to get volunteers signed up, really just the whole, uh, the whole process from beginning to end, how to fundraise so that you can fund your campaign. It gives you all the information. It's a three-day, all day, so it's intense. But uh, the Leadership Institute out of Washington, D.C. is the premier um, uh, entity that gives these types of trainings. And so that's where you would want to start. And with that, then you're going to know exactly what you need to do, and you will have the tools to be able to do it. Should they start, though? Do they need to like go through this list? Because does it matter at the, at the Leadership Institute what particular office they're running for, school district versus water district? Um, how do you know how how does that part of the process work? It 
It doesn't really matter because uh, obviously if you are running for the mayor of a big city, it's one thing. If you're running for a school board, it's something else. If you're running for a fire district. But this will give you the basics and it's tailored to depending on what type of office you're running for. So it will cover all the bases. So it will give you all the tools. And tell you, okay, if you're running for this type of office, this is what you need to do. If you're running for that type of office, this is how you need to focus. So, for example, we always say that uh, the local races, city council races, those races are won by door knocking. You have to go door to door. Uh, Congressional races are a completely different ballgame. But the Leadership Institute out of Washington, D.C., that's going to be providing this uh, seminar over the weekend of January 21. 22, 23, which is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all day. They will be providing uh, lunch so that uh, you can uh, plan to stay there all day. I've done this institute four times. It's really worthwhile. It's so much information that um, I I felt I needed to do it again because I just, uh, I took copious notes, but it's Mm -hmm. just a lot of information and it really prepares you to be either a candidate or an activist. And it's affordable. Excuse me for interrupting. It's it's affordable, affordable, right? It's $100. It's $100. And it's so much information. It really will prepare you to to, um, not only be a candidate, but help fellow your fellow citizens who decide to run. You know, somebody says, you know, I've decided to run for city council. They may not know what to do, but you're now prepared to help them. And um, it's very, very valuable to to people who are down in the trenches and mm-hmm. running for these local offices to be able to have these tools. We need to and support. So we, I encourage everyone yeah. to sign up. Yes. Yeah, we need. You know, I encourage everybody. Some of the some of the um, some of the positions that are, that are available. Some of these these offices are compensated. Some aren't. But look, like some of the school districts. But look, we know we know we're not Democrats, right? We don't we don't get into this so we can try to line our pockets. This is about trying to restore. A conservatism and trying to restore our freedoms and trying to get the get get California back on strong economic uh, footing from a conservative standpoint. It's not about lining our pockets. We know the schools are really where the indoctrination is happening in order to transform America from a free republic to their you know their their Marxist utopia, right? So we've got to really, really, really get active at all these different areas. I mean, there's no there's no office that's not impactful to the citizens. And even if you're not going to run, you can you can learn enough here to go and help somebody else who is to get them across the finish line. Democrats are active. They're at Democrats are active, you know, 24 seven, 365 days a year in every aspect of their lives, whether it's in their workplace, uh, uh, anybody's running for office, they're out in the streets, you know, in rallies. And when I see all those people out on the streets, when I saw them last weekend, Paula Witzel, that this I think it was called the Freedom Revival 2022. Yes, I don't think it was amazing. A friend of mine, Brian Maloney, who's on the show a lot, he has a Red Wave America pack and and he um, works on campaigns across the country. He was telling people, look, if there was ever a year, don't think that just because you're in what's considered a Democrat stronghold that you can't win as a Republican. If there was ever a year in which Republicans had a shot at every level of office it is this coming year look at these poll numbers that were out right well we just yeah we just took the the city of la mesa that city council race that was um uh, a special election Uh and that's a dem plus 18 city and we took that election by a landslide uh our candidate won uh the republican candidate lara lothian Mm -hmm. who's going to be running for re-election now but 
Uh, she got 30, 38% of the vote. The nearest Democrat came in at 21. Wow. Because uh, La Mesa felt exactly what happens when law and order is not the order of the day. Because during the summer, last summer, they burnt down uh, a whole city block in downtown La Mesa. So they know exactly what that means. And so they elected, in a Democrat city, they elected Laura Lothian, who is a Republican uh, city councilwoman. And so these offices are all important. School boards, there's a lot of school board offices coming up, and we know exactly what happens when the Democrats and the teachers unions take over our school boards. We've seen this across the country, and so we as parents need to, mm-hmm. and grandparents need to step up and, and you know, become active in this whole process so that we have a say as to what's being taught to our children. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that when uh, people get involved at these school boards, even if it's just going to going to meetings, you see the success, right? So even if you can't run for office again, you can go and attend this leadership conference and learn about it so you can help somebody else run for office, whatever the position is. Tell everybody one more time how they can get the information they need, Paula Witzel. If you go to www.sandiegorepublicans.org, that's sandiegorepublicans.org, there's a tab there, um, a run for office, and you just click the tab, and it'll have the Leadership Institute Campaign Academy right there. You can sign up. It's very inexpensive, very affordable, and they'll have meals for you, everything there that you need, all the materials. So all you need to do is show up ready and willing to participate. And uh, I encourage everyone who even just wants, not necessarily thinking about running for office, but just wants to find out what that whole process is about and how to be a good activist. This is a perfect thing to do for someone who just wants to be more involved and become an activist because it gives you all the tools of how this whole thing works. Yeah. And and um, that's very valuable. Well, it is. And you know what? I'm excited. Now is the time, I think, to be energized and, and excited, particularly for, for San Diego County. I mean, the activism that we've had brewing in the last couple of years over this is just over the over the mandates. And the and like you said, the, the I've got a, a topic coming up after the break here about the crime wave. I mean, there's so many issues going on across this country beyond even just these the covid mandates. And um, and it's spurning a lot of activism. And I think in San Diego County more than a lot of other places. And so now's the time for us to not be discouraged, be encouraged that we can take our, our county and our cities back and our school boards back and get active. And I know I talked about this last night or the night before and somebody immediately texted me and said, yeah, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to run for office. And I was like, yes, you know, so and we need to build momentum for people. You know, it's not people feel like it's maybe overwhelming, too hard for them to do. They don't have the means to do it. Well, here's the San Diego Republicans going to give you everything that you need to arm you with information so you can get active, run for office, help other people, and let's take our county back. Thank you so much for being here, Paul, and for all that you do for our freedoms. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, honey. Now, y'all stay tuned. Did y'all know we're going to shift gears over to Chicago? Where do you hear this? Uh, no, I'm a, y'all, y'all come back. I started to tease it out and tell you, tell you skins because I was looking at skins. Something that's happened in Chicago involving attempted murderers. Was that enough of a tease to make y'all come back? It better be. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. Andrea K bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Okay, so, um, yeah, I teased out the story and you said it might be something to make you laugh. Uh, more horrifying. 90 people accused of murder are free in Chicago on electronic monitoring ankles. Think about that. 90 people accused of murder. Thanks to uh, the bail reform, uh, you know, that, that uh, where we're putting across the country violent criminals out on the streets. Um, this uh, comes from uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. He revealed the numbers on CBS, along with, uh, quote, his fears it is making communities significantly less safe. Gee, you think? Murderers, uh, attempted murderers, uh, you know. Um, oh, but Andrea, the, 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 the ankle bracelet makes me feel very safe. Right, because I'm sure these ankle bracelets are some kind of Mission Impossible-like device, right? That's going to stop them from choking out somebody to death or stabbing yeah, somebody right to death. The time, right? Um, yeah, or, or right, or at least maybe they'll call, you know, the coroner to come and pick up the body that they kill. I mean, this is the insanity we're living with in this country. Um, it's uh, um, it's um, also includes 852 people charged with aggravated gun possession. This is what we're this is what we're living with the insanity going on in this country right now. This and is, yet they want to take away your guns. Oh right. Well, this is in Chicago where they've got the strictest gun control right, laws. Exactly. Yet they've got eight hundred and fifty two people charged with aggravated gun possession. How they get those guns? With all the gun gun control laws going on on there. So we've got the Democrat Party literally crafting policies, releasing the worst of the worst out amongst us. Meanwhile, January 6th, you know, the feds. Oh, those domestic terrorists. All those, yeah, all those domestic terrorists. We got to round up them grannies and MAGA hats. Mayor Garland going around talking about how even if you weren't at the Capitol, if you just sympathized, you're part of the problem. We're coming for you. DOJ with some domestic terrorist unit, you know, going after going after people that I heard a story the other day of somebody that didn't enter the Capitol at all um didn't do anything wrong um lives in a part of north carolina in the woods where he doesn't even have cell phone service he's a construction worker he comes home one day and there's a fed sitting there uh on his front doorstep demanding to look at all of his devices and stuff he didn't even know how they found him but if you're in chicago and you're and you've and you've uh tried to kill somebody you're at home with an ankle bracelet right no we've got we've got people that did nothing but trespass being held in solitary confinement and denied bail like I said, I know it sounds silly, but I've said it since this whole January 6th nonsense started, Andrea. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where, the, oh, you voted for Trump. Oh, no, you're part of the problem. Well, that's why they've declared that the, the definition of domestic terrorism is somebody who it, it reads like, you know, what America first policy is all about. It's those that want limited government, those that question the outcome of an election. I mean, if you're a Democrat. It's okay, like to be Hillary Clinton and say that you know Trump stole the election. It's good to have two standards. Well, right, right. So, um, yeah, this is this is this is shocking, and this is. But it's another reason why we got to think about getting active at the local level. And in addition to running for office, like we talked about with Paula, you also have to be paying attention to who's running at the DA level, who's running for sheriff, because um, as well as on your city councils, because it's the city councils that are crafting the legislation for this bail reform, right? And then it's the DA offices that are deciding whether or not to prosecute people or like we've got in the Manhattan DA dude who's like, you know what, um, you know, um, uh, you know, holding a, a gun to somebody's face, armed robbery, that's a misdemeanor now. We've got here in California to where you can't even own a business. We've got smash and grabs because in California they decided to not prosecute anybody who's stealing uh, below $950 worth of stuff. So um, we got to get out. And what's bad is good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, before I wrap, I'm not sure if I told you guys on, on the COVID thing. Um, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that here in California, speaking of California, um, now there's a new mandate that if you're a healthcare worker, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the, the mandates. If you're a healthcare worker in California and you test positive for COVID, you can't sit at home and be quarantined. You've got to come in and work if you've gotten the shot. If you're COVID negative and you haven't gotten the shot, you're not allowed to come in and work. I thought, and they're saying, but oh, but don't worry about it. These are people that are, that tested positive for COVID, but they're asymptomatic. Am I not, am I crazy skins or did they not tell us that you've got to quarantine? in california um if you're covid positive that's what i heard i thought you know have we not been hearing for two years that asymptomatic people were the spreaders that's what we've been told we were the super spreaders now if you're covid if you're a healthcare worker now if you're in another sector and you so now it discriminates against career right right oh i i wanted to give you guys one more list of of items that tsa has seized at checkpoints last night it was a chainsaw um in atlantic city there were bullets Inside of deodorant. <laughs> That's one way to try to kill the stink, right? <laughs> we need another tomorrow. <laughs> Peace out. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.